fellas. All right. You ready? You going to pray? We're going to bless the offering? All right, bow your head. No, bow your head. <laughs> bow your head. Okay, here we go. Lord, we love you. We thank you and we praise you. Lord, you said if even the little children would cry out to you, we must humble ourselves and come to you as little children. Lord, what a great example for us tonight. Lord, we humble ourselves and we ask you to bless our offering. Lord, may it be a blessing unto you. Father, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
David stepped out to face that giant his declaration was well, you're with me and you're for me yes. when Daniel had to enter that lion's den he said you're with me and you're for me those little three Hebrew boys that got thrown into that fire their declaration was you're with me and you're for me <laughs> when Peter stepped out of the boat when the Lord bid him come Lord, you're with me. You're for me. Man, if we as believers, if, if we as children of the Most High God ever truly grasp the concept, if we ever truly, man, the boldness, the boldness that would rise up in us, we wouldn't bow our knees to false gods and false idols. We wouldn't submit to some mouthy giant trying to call us down. We'd step out into the unknown as Peter did. We would do great and mighty things for the kingdom of God. If we ever got it in our brain that he's with us and he's for us. God, you're with us in this place. You're with us as we sleep. You're with us when we rise. You're with us as we walk through our day. And Lord, you're for us and not against us. You go before us, and as the enemy lifts his head to, to come in opposition, God, you're there strong on behalf of your people. Lord, I thank you that you're with us and that you're for us. Lord, that means victory in our lives. That means we walk in success and favor. God, we're not defeated. We're not overcome. But we're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Thank you, God, that you are with us. Thank you that you are for us. Thank you, Lord. For your mercy and your might and your love. Oh, how we love you, Lord. God, how we bless and praise your holy name. Thank you that you're with us. Thank you that you're for us. Hallelujah. I love him tonight, church, don't you? Come on and give the Lord a hand clap of worship if you wouldn't mind, please. Amen. Turn and greet someone. Tell them you love them tonight.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Isn't he good? Amen. All the time he's good. Let me remind you quickly as I get started tonight, it's an official thing that I've got to do. Uh, By way of the Constitution and Bylaws, I have to announce at least three times that we're having our annual business meeting coming up on the 30th. That will be next Sunday night in our PM service. Uh, I encourage all voting members to be sure and be here uh, for that service, uh, to participate, to be a part of that meeting. It's very important, uh, the decisions we make uh, about the leadership of our church, and that's exactly what we're going to be doing. And uh, so I encourage you to be sure and be here. Um, I, I'm sure that I've announced it more than three times, but I will continue to announce it up until the date. And so uh, get the word out to all voting members to, to come and to, to be a part of that, uh, that evening service. We're going to believe God. He's taking us forward, church. Amen. He's taking us forward. Uh, you never see a river reverse its course. Uh, and we're flowing with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And so we're just going to keep going forward. Uh, the direction the Holy Spirit takes us and, and uh, follow strong, strong, strong after Him. Uh, I love Him tonight. I praise Him. I know you guys do as well. Uh, I've got a word that I cannot wait uh, to preach to you. Uh, poke your neighbor tonight as we get started. Before we ever do anything else, before we go into worship, uh, I want you to get your pokers ready. Everybody bring your pokers with you. you got to have somebody close to you to poke them. I, Randy and Tommy are sitting beside, but they're scared to poke one another. Normally, uh, Tommy has no problem poking anybody, but Randy, he may have a problem poking him because Randy may, you know, poke back or something. So, anyway, you got your pokers ready? Poke your neighbor and tell them, man, God's got something for you tonight. <laughs> poke your neighbor on the other side and tell him he's got something for you too. All right, now let's worship him and get ready to receive what God's got for us. What do you say? Father... We love you again tonight. God, we praise you. We thank you, Lord, just for the blessing and the opportunity of being in your house. Thank you, God, that we can gather in your presence. And, and God, that there's a passion in this room tonight for the presence of Jehovah. Lord God, come and meet with your people tonight. And, and Lord God, please leave nothing undone. Leave nothing out. God, we praise you for it all. In the strong and anointed name of Jesus, amen. Come on and give him a hand clap if you would, please. Thank the Lord. How many would agree tonight he's the God of our help? Plain and simple, cut and dry, he's the God of our help. He's the God of our hope tonight as as well, right? Uh, We live in a world, we live in a society that's in need of help, and we live in a world in a society that's in need of hope. Uh, And and I believe it's our responsibility as sons and daughters of of Almighty God to to point them towards that help and point them towards that hope. How many would agree with what we've got to say so far? How many would also agree tonight that we live in a world of slogans? You know what a slogan is? A slogan's that catchy little phrase. A slogan's that catchy little saying that, that captivates your attentions and, and sticks like super glue in your brain. Any, anybody ever had something stick in your head and you just can't get it out? We used to call that a song cootie when we were uh, young people, right? I got a song cootie. It got stuck in my brain and I just hummed that song. Some days we'll do a worship set and, and the song we sang tonight, Julie, uh, you are with me, you are for me. It'll be a song cootie stuck in my head all day long tomorrow. That's a good kind of a song cootie to have, right? 
Uh, but the truth is, the, the slogans of this old world, those catchy little buzzwords, those catchy little uh, sayings can become uh, cooties in our brains as well that stick in there and never go away. I, I truly believe that, that people place a lot of value on these catchy little slogans and these catchy little sayings. Why do you know that, Pastor? Because people will get paid millions and millions and millions of dollars for coming up with that catchy little slogan, that catchy little saying, right? I have no doubt in my mind that if I was to show you some products tonight, you could tell me the slogans that go along with them. Let, let's put this to the test, okay? I've got a couple, and, and we're just going to run through them, and, and you tell me that the first one to shout it out does not get whatever's on the screen, okay? But what's the slogan that goes with this one? Wow, you old people, praise God. Young people have no idea what any of this is about, okay? When I, when I said something this morning about the old woman on the Wendy's commercials that used to say, where's the beef? They were looking at me in utter amazement. What's he even talking about, Wendy's commercials? I, I don't even know what a Wendy's commercial is. Where's the, the, the beef was that slogan for Wendy's, right? Well, it melts in your mouth, not in your hands is the slogan for M&M's candies. How many can remember that? How many understand they were liars and fat mouth? It would melt in your hand, right? It absolutely would melt in your hand. How about this one? How many can tell me the slogan for this one? You're all exactly wrong. The slogan actually was, Betcha can't eat just one. Betcha you can't eat just one. How many understand that as a son and a daughter of the Most High God, that one of the gifts of the Spirit is self-control? And we can't eat just one, right? No. <laughs> Something about that. Well, with the way they package them now when the bag's that big, but there's only that much chips in it, you only get to eat just one, right? <laughs> Many people have made millions and millions of dollars off these catchy slogans, these catchy sayings. And, and probably one of the w most well-known ones in the world comes from a shoe company. Uh, many, many years ago, uh, a company by the name of Nike came up with a slogan uh, with that big Nike swoosh and the, the title of, uh, of their slogan for their shoe company was, Just Do It. Man, I think that's a good word for the church tonight, amen? amen. It's common to see professional athletes using this slogan promoting uh, the, the product on the television to, to, to promote participate in their sport of choice, whatever they're doing to, to play basketball or football or tennis or soccer and, and to be promoting Nike shoes. And, and their slogan as they're competing is just do it. I remember one time seeing a Nike commercial with a, a man who had one natural leg and one, a man who had one prosthetic leg. Uh, he was running or competing in the Goodwill Games. Anybody ever heard of the Goodwill Games? Yeah. Uh, they're, they're for athletes who have physical limitations. And uh, the commercial showed the fact that this man had on, he only had to pay half the price for his shoes because he just had one, one tennis shoe on, right? And, uh, but but the, the product endorsement was this, just do it. You can overcome your obstacles, you can overcome your problems, you can overcome your situations and still be able to run the race as hard as you possibly can, even with the limitations that are on you. Just go ahead and do it anyway, right? 
I like this slogan. I, I, I believe it inspires people to go forward and do their best no matter their, their limitations. It encourages them to just go ahead and do it. Uh, again, athletes live their life in this manner. Uh, they're, they're told through their, their sport, whatever they're participating in, they promote this ideology. They promote this thought process of, of just doing it. Uh, and, and again, whoever worked for Nike and came up with that slogan and said, just do it, I'm telling you, they made millions and millions and millions of dollars. They probably get, every time this is on the screen and it's published on Facebook, such as it is tonight, they're making money off my sermon tonight. But the truth of the matter is, as much money as they may make off of it, and as much as I like this slogan, I really do not personally believe that the people at Nike can take credit for coming up with this slogan. Because this idea, this thought has been around a whole lot longer than a shoe company's been around. See, the reality is the maker of heaven and earth is the one who inspires us to go ahead and live life in spite of our limitations, to live life in spite of whatever may be going on around us. The, the maker of heaven and earth is the one who encourages us to just go ahead and just do it, just live life. Now, I might be a little bit radical tonight in my way of thinking or believing, but I believe one word from God can change our life forever and ever and ever. How many believe that? One word from God can radically change your life. One word from God can radically make your life better. And so here's what I want to encourage us in tonight. We're going to take this slogan and we're going to use it as an inspiration for the word of God tonight. And through the word of God tonight, we're going to take the whole word of Almighty God and we're going to just do it. Find your Bibles if you would, please. We're going to the book of James. James chapter 1. Verses 21 through 27. Word of the Lord says this. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and the overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. How many know the word of God saves our souls, right? It leads us, guides us, and directs us towards salvation. Verse 22 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. In other words, just do it deceiving ourselves for if anyone hears the word and is not a doer he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror for he observes himself and goes away and immediately forget what kind of man that he was but he who was looking into the the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not for excuse me forgetful here but a doer of the work this one will be blessed in what he does if anyone among you thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue but, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and Father is this, to visit the orphans and the widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Let's pray together tonight. Father. I pray this word comes alive. I pray that this word is understandable. I, I pray, God, that this word goes past our ears and takes up residence in our heart. And God, may we make a vow within ourselves tonight. God, may we make a pledge within ourselves tonight that we're going to be more than hearers of the word. We're going to be doers of the word. God, we're going to just do it. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. Let's give the Lord another hand clap of praise, please. You know, we started that poking thing earlier. Won't you poke somebody nearby you and tell them, hey, just go ahead and do it. Boy, y'all are lively tonight, I'm telling you. 
How many would agree with the word in James tonight when it says we need to be more than hearers of the word, we need to be doers of the word? We need to do more than just know the word, we need to just do the word. That, that's what inspired this message tonight. That's what inspired the title, especially for this message tonight. How many would agree tonight we need to take the word of God, the whole word of God, not leave any parts or pieces out, and we just need to do the word of God? How many get it tonight that, that what gets the world in trouble is when we try to add to or take away from the Word of God? And, and we try to throw extra pieces and we try to throw extra parts and we try to throw extra categories in there of things that we ought to be doing when in reality God didn't ask us to do none of that stuff. If we'll focus on the Word of God, the whole Word of God, and nothing but the Word of God, I believe our lives will be a whole lot better off by doing the Word and not not doing the Word. How many believe that tonight? One of the things you guys probably have caught on about your pastor is this. I don't like to sit and watch. I've never been a person who liked to sit on the sidelines. It's just, not, it's just not something that's inside of me. If I was on the team, I sure wasn't very good about sitting on the bench. I wanted to be playing the game. I didn't want to be sitting there watching somebody else playing the game. If we were in a tournament and our team was not playing that particular ball game, most of the time I would spend time away from the field not watching the opponent that we were about to play. Why? Because if they were playing ball, I wanted to be watching them playing ball or be playing ball, not watching them playing ball. I'm not one of those people who's ever been good at watching sports on television. Now, the older I get and the fatter I get, the easier it is for me to sit in that recliner and watch somebody else play. But I've got to tell you, as much as I love the sport of baseball, as much as I love the sport of uh, church league softball, <laughs> when we got to the place that my wife told me that I couldn't play church league softball anymore, I said, we're done playing church league softball. <laughs> because here's the deal. Your pastor's not going to come and sit in the stands and watch somebody else play the game. If I'm there, I want to be on the field playing whether I break both of my legs or not. I'm not a good watcher. And the same principle holds true when it comes to preaching. We've got some incredible preachers in our church. I love, I love to hear some of these young men preach the word of God. I think they're good. That, that young missionary who preached the word last Sunday morning, I think he did an outstanding job. He brought a, a smart and a challenging word. And I, I think he did a great job. Uh, Brother Chasen does well. Uh, Brother Ethan does well. Brother Jerry does well. Brother Allen does well. When I ask somebody to fill my pulpit, I always ask somebody that I trust that I know is going to do a good job. But usually when I ask somebody to preach for me, I'm gone. And there's a reason for that. Because if I'm sitting right here while somebody else is preaching the word of God, I'm turning and I'm twisting and I'm wiggling the whole stinking time that somebody else is preaching. Why? Because I'm terrible about listening. I want to be doing. I, I, I'm terrible about, and it's not because I think I'm the end-all, be-all. I, I may not be the most educated player in the room. I may not be the most talented. I may not be the best trained. But the fact of the matter is, I stink at sitting back and watching somebody else. The same principle holds true when it comes to the Word of God. I think we ought to want to be participators and not spectators. I think we ought to want to get involved and not just sit back and watch somebody else. See, that's what the Bible challenges us to do in the Word of God in verse 22 when it says be doers of the Word and not hearers only. Get involved in what the Word of God says. 
The truth is, as we draw closer to the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we're, we're seeing a turning away from the truth of the Word of God. There's a lot of people who, who've got these itchy, tingly ears and they like to have them scratched and, and, and they like to be told how precious and how sweet and how good they are. People are not doing the Word of God anymore, church. They're more concerned with being politically correct and who I'm going to offend and, and who I'm going to run off and, and who I'm going to upset. and I can't stand on the fullness of the Word of God. I can't live by the Word of God because I might offend somebody or hurt somebody's feelings. Listen, friend, the time for worrying about being politically correct or who we're going to upset or offend has far come and went. It's time to stand up on the Word of Almighty God and do the Word, do the Word, do the Word, the whole Word and nothing but the Word of Almighty God. I don't know about you, but I want to do the stuff in the book. I want to do the stuff in the book. When the Bible says that blinded eyes were open, I want to see blinded eyes open. When the Bible says dead people got up, I want to see dead people get up. When the Bible says that miracle signs and wonders followed, I want to see the miracles. I want to do the stuff in the book. It's not about a religion. It's not about a denomination. It's about the book. It's about the story. It's about doing what's in the book, church. Amen. Doing the stuff in the book is not confined to an age or an education. I believe we're all called to just do it. Why did Pastor snatch up Miss Paisley and come to opening? Well, first of all, she's the cutest one of us in the room. Train them up. That little baby, she may have been kicking him legs as hard as she could because she didn't want Pastor to have a hold of her. But, but the truth of the matter is, even at that young age, I believe children can understand. Well, I'm too old to do the stuff in the book anymore. Well, she's too young to do the stuff in the book. We're never too young and we're never too old. The Word of God is unfailing. It has no age restrictions. It has no age limitations. The same Word is there for Paisley that's there for the most senior saint in the room. We need to just do the stuff in the book. Some things that I believe are pointed out here in the Word of God tonight that, that we as believers are called to just do. And the very first thing I think we're called to just do is this. We need to get rid of the filth. Get rid of the filth. Look at verse 21. Verse 21 of the Word says this, Laying aside all filthiness and the overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted Word which is able to save your souls. How many believe tonight that sin is dirty? You don't ever have sin happening out in the bright lights. Are you listening tonight? Sin is a dirty thing. Sin is a, an overflow of wickedness. Sin takes place in dark places. It doesn't happen under the brightness of the daytime. Sin happens in the dark and not the light. Sin is a stain. Sin is corruption. Sin is wickedness. Sin is vile. Sin is dirt that removes us from the presence of Almighty God. Sin is filth that is spoken of there in verse 21. Sin can take people uh, and, and pull them into an eternity in a devil's hell if they don't remove the filth off of their lives. So many different forms of filth. Pride and flesh 
lust, rebellion, disobedience, unforgiveness, gossip, and lying. Uh, all of these things are filthy. All of these things are uncleanliness. All of these things are things that can cause us to be unclean. All of these things are things that can cause us to be defiled. Now, I know a lot of people will think, well, sin for you might not necessarily be sin for me. Friend, if it's sin in the Word of Almighty God, it's still sin in the world today. Well, homosexuality is a lifestyle. Homosexuality is a choice. My God calls homosexuality an abomination before Him. But He also calls a gossip and a liar the same things. Father, help us. Lord, convict our hearts of the filth that defile us. For the truth of the matter is, filth will remove us from the presence of Almighty God. No unclean thing can ever enter into heaven. No unclean thing will ever enter the presence of Almighty God. And so the only answer is to get clean, to be washed, to be renewed, to be regenerated by the precious atoning blood of the Lamb of God. The only way I know to ever be made clean is by the greatest cleansing agent known to mankind. This cleansing agent is stronger than bleach. This cleansing agent is stronger than Formula 409. This cleansing agent is stronger than Mama Spit. You know, Mama Spit can clean anything off. This cleansing agent is the blood of the Lamb of Almighty God. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 13 and 14 says, For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of heifers... The sprinkling for the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh. How much more shall the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God cleanse our conscience from dead works which serve the living God. What can wash me white as snow? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can renew me? What can refresh me? What can cleanse me and purify me? Nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ. And I submit to you tonight as your pastor, it's time to get clean and to stay clean. I don't want to dabble. I don't want to dance. I don't want to flirt. I don't want to stick one toe outside of the cleansing power of the blood of the Lamb of God. I want all my toes to make heaven. How about you? I don't want to have one part of me that's dirty. I don't want my mind to be dirty. I don't want my mouth to be dirty. I don't want my heart to be dirty. I want to be clean before Almighty God. And the only way I know to do that is to get under that flow every day. To lay my head on my pillow at night. Oh, pastor, you you must live in paranoia, worrying about God's healing, saving grace. Listen, friend, it's not paranoia to want to live in a constant relationship with God. I lay my head on my pillow at night and I'll say, Lord, if I've messed up today, if I failed, if I've fallen short, forgive me. And I'll wake up the next day and I'll say, Lord, put my feet on the path you'd have me to walk. And Lord, cleanse me and purify me. Keep my mind clear as I walk for you every day. Now, I know some people, again, would think, Pastor, you said that to God a long time ago. Why do you got to say that to God every day? Well, you know what? 33 years ago, I stood in an altar. I held hands with that beautiful woman sitting on the front row. I looked her in the eye and I said, I love you till death do us part. And that's the last time I ever told her that. If I changed my mind, I would have told her, you know. I tell her every day. Three or four times a day. 
more times than I can count today. We can't walk by each other without holding hands. We, we can't walk by each other without touching one another. Why? Because she loves me and I love her and we just remind each other continually of our love for one another. Well, if I do that with her and as flawed and messed up as she is and she does that for me as flawed and messed up as I am, how much more should I do it for a perfect God? Lord, I love you. God, I want to stay in constant communication and relationship with you. And I don't want any filth to come upon my life that would separate that relationship. But because here's the thing, y'all. One little thing we slip under the rug. One little thing that, that we ignore. One little thing that we let creep in becomes acceptable. Right? Oh, it, it, it's all right for me to say that word. At least I'm not saying this word, but I'm only saying that word. And so that word's not near as bad as this word. And so I'm just going to let that word slip out of my mouth and it becomes acceptable. And the next thing you know, you're not just saying that word, but now you're saying that other word in combination with that word. I'm not going to just, you know, randomly glance at that good looking fella. I'm not going to just lust in my heart, but, you, you know, it, it's just inside my mind. It's just inside my heart. Yes, until we take action on it. it. See, it's a progressive thing. How do you suppose the United States of America got in the mess we're in today? It didn't happen overnight, guys, because the people of America would have rebelled. They would have rose up and said, listen, we're not going to stand for this. But little bit by little bit, progression by progression, we've slipped away. It's the same way with filth that can come and invade our lives. It may not happen immediately. It, it, it may not happen automatically. You're not maybe going to go out tonight and go get drunk, but a little bit at a time can get you to the place where filth covers you and filth consumes your life. God, purify our mind by the blood of the Lamb of God. What are we called to just do? We're called to re just remove the filth. Y'all really like that part. You're really going to like this one as well. What else are we called just to do? We're called to control our mouth. Come on, help me preach for a little bit, would you? Look at verse 26. Verse 26, and the word of the Lord says, If anyone among you thinks he's religious, but doesn't bridle his tongue, he deceives his own heart. And this one's religion's useless. How many in the room do not have a mouth? Amen. Whether you raise your hand or not, let me tell you, you've got a mouth. <laughs> How many would understand today that, that God has given us that measure of self-control we talked about? Amen. And how many would also agree tonight that we can control our mouth? Y'all don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. I haven't always been a believer that the most powerful muscle in the human body is not our biceps. The most powerful muscle in the human body is not your legs. The most powerful muscle in the human body is not your back. But the most powerful muscle in the human body is your tongue. Because that's the one you exercise the most. And some people exercise it a whole lot more than others. The reality tonight you need to hear and understand is that we can become trapped and ensnared by our mouth. Yes. Come on, preach it. 
when we speak words of doubt and discouragement and depression into our own lives and into the lives of the people we love, what we're actually doing is planting bad seeds in their lives. And the fact is, if we, reap, uh, if we plant those seeds long enough, eventually we're going to reap a harvest. Well, little Johnny, you're never going to amount to anything. Well, little Susie, you're going to grow up and marry a bank robber. Well, I'm not any good. I'm not any account. I, I just don't matter. I'm not very smart. I, I don't have any hair on my head. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that one. I, 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 we get ensnared by the words that come out of our mouths. We're speaking these things out. We're speaking these things into people's lives. You tell your kid long enough that they're not worth anything. You tell your kid long enough that they're not going to amount to anything when they grow up. You tell your kid long enough that, that they're going to be a drug user, they're going to be a bank robber, they're, they're going to be an alcoholic. Friend, I promise you they'll fulfill the words that you're planting in their lives. The same principle holds true in our own lives as well. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21 that death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So whatever you speak out can either bring life or it can bring death. With the tongue, we can build up and we can tear down. With the tongue, we can sing praises unto God and we can backbite and gossip about our brother or our sister in Christ. With the tongue, we can pray, and with the tongue, we can curse. One of the things you've heard your pastor preach, teach, and sing about forever is that from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And that's not originated with your pastor. That originated with the Son of God. It originated with Jesus. In Luke chapter 6, verse 45, Jesus said, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart, his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. The reality, whatever's in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. Well, I'm just a teasing. I'm just a playing. I've never been one of them people who believed in just teasing or just playing. Of course, jesting. I believe the Bible instructs us to stay away from such things because it tears more people down than it builds them up. Well, you know, I was just joking around when I, when I said you was no good. You know, I was just kidding whenever I said that, that, that I didn't think you was worth much. You, you know, I was just a playing. No, you weren't. Because that thought had to go in here and it had to originate in here for it to come out there. So out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks. And so how many understand we might want to get control of our mouth if the mouth is an indicator of the heart? Just do it. Here's the sad truth though. Most folks are more controlled by their mouth than controlling their mouth. My mama would have said it like this. Sorry. Son, you've got a mockingbird mouth and a hummingbird tail. <laughs> Hummingbirds are this big, and mockingbirds can sing many different songs. I know, that messed a lot of you up right there, didn't it? 
Sometimes we sing and we, we call all night long and we've got all sorts of different things that continually come out of our mouth and we proclaim and we talk about 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 and we don't have the feathers to back it up with. That's what mama says. We need to control the hole in the front of our head. The sad truth is people are more controlled by their mouth than controlling their mouth. Verse 27 says that if we can't control our, our tongue, our religion, our belief system, our faith is useless. Ephesians 4 and 29 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but only that which is good and necessary for edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. In other words, baby, if you ain't got nothing good to say, don't say nothing at all. Psalms 34 and 13 says, Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Your pastor prays like this sometimes. Lord, take super glue and glue shut the mouth of them people that are talking schmack. You don't think it's right to pray stuff like that. Go look and see some of the prayers that old King David prayed in the book of Psalms about 34 35. David would pray, God, kill them all. <laughs> to just pray for lips to be super glued shut is pretty calm, really. I submit to you tonight, guys, we need to do more than just hear about controlling our mouth. We need to just do it. We need to do more than just talk about, man, one of these days I'm going to get control of my mouth. We need to do it now. Because heaven is close. The, the return of our Savior is near, right? And, and so the words that fly off our mouth, oh, I'll never forget. I talk about this old man all the time. He's gone to be with Jesus, I pray. <laughs> the church we pastored prior, prior to coming here, the, the guy that adopted me as his son was, was named Bob. Bob was a mess. Bob, Bob was, was our <laughs> self-designated greeter at the door. People would come to visit the church, maybe for the very first time, or maybe for the second or third time they'd come back to church. They'd never met this old man before in their life. They didn't know who he was, but they'd walk in the door and he'd go, where'd you get a hairdo like that? <laughs> oh my or somebody would come in and they'd have on some really, some lady would come in and have on some wild printed dress, you know, something pretty loud. And he'd go, who dressed you before you left home tonight? Whatever, he had no muffler whatsoever. He had no filter between his brain and his mouth. If it came in here, you better believe it was going to come out right there. And the fact of the matter is, I've had people come to me when I pastored that church and say, Pastor, I love you. I love the church. I love the ministry. I love what God's doing down there. But I'm going to kill that old man if I keep coming back. More people left the church than came to the church because of some of the words that come out of that guy's mouth. And like I said, he's going to be with Jesus, and I, I'm not speaking ill of him. I love, I love it, old man. I love it, old man. He, he did so many good things for me and in my life. But the truth of the matter is we have to put a, a guard of the Holy Spirit right here. 
We've got to put a guard of the Holy Spirit over our mouth and and let the words that come through that filter be filtered by the Holy Spirit of God before they impart into the hearers of the words that come out of our mouth because Jesus is coming and we've got to get as many people to Him and not run them away from Him. Just do it. What are we called to just do? We're called to remove the filth. We're called to control our mouth and... We're called to help the hurting as well. Look at verse 27 in the Word. Verse 27 says this, Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. How many get it tonight that that God loves hurting people? He loves people who are hurting. The, the, The fact is the world is filled with hurting people. The Word of the Lord here teaches and says that that, that we're supposed to help orphans and widows. We're we're supposed to help those that are hurting. But but hear me, yes, we need to do that, but that's a great example, but I believe that's just the starting place. That's just the jumping off point. That's not the end all be all. We've got people who have lost loved ones who who have died over the last few years or whatever that are hurting inside of them that need somebody to help them. We've got those that have been abandoned through divorce or they're hurting. There's folks who are hurting emotionally. There's folks that are hurting physically. There's folks that are hurting financially. The truth is we don't have to look very far to find somebody that's hurting. We're surrounded. There's hurting people in this room tonight. You don't know nothing about what their hurt is, but they're hurting nonetheless. The thing the Word of God calls us to do is is to help them. Help them. 1 John chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. I love this scripture. It says, Whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? For my little children, let us not love in, in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And what, what the Bible's saying is, don't just talk about loving somebody, don't just talk about helping somebody, but just go ahead and help them. Just do it. Wait a minute, preacher. I, I don't have any money. I, I, I don't know how I'm going to help somebody when I, I need help myself. I, I don't know how I'm going to help somebody when I don't have any money or resources to help them with. I don't have anything to give. I don't have anything to contribute. Let me tell you something, friend. I believe God has given all of us in this room tonight special talents and special gifts. Every one of us have some unique special thing about us that we can help somebody else with. Maybe it's simply cutting somebody's grass. Anybody ever mowed grass before? Lift your hand. Bless God. Look at all these candidates we got to help somebody mow their grass. Maybe it's sending a card. We had a lady in our church who loves to make stuff. She makes some of the most incredible devotion books. She makes some of the most incredible birthday cards. Special stuff. That's her gift. Maybe it's making a telephone call. Do you know how hard it is to make a phone call today? I can push a button in my pickup truck and say, call Jerry. 
And Jerry Osborne will be on my phone in a matter of minutes. Call Randy, call Tommy, call, call Ron, call Carol. Exactly. Well, the pastor's the only one that can call somebody. <laughs> Thank you. I get asked about folks all the time. Pastor, where's so-and-so being? Pastor, where's brother so-and-so? Pastor, where's sister so-and-so? Friend, have you called them to check on them? Pastor's not the only resource for understanding where somebody's at. Yeah, I know where they're at. I've called them. I've checked on them. But you know what? They might like to hear from somebody else besides their pastor. We're hurting. We can make a phone call. We can fix a meal. Deliver it. We can give somebody a ride to church. Ron and Carol go pick up Brother Black all the time, bring him to church. He doesn't have a way. I mean, his family will bring him sometimes, and, and that's wonderful, but there's a lot of times he's dependent upon them. Who else around us in our life is dependent upon us to pick them up and take them to church? Maybe it's simply a, a smile. You know, we talked about uh, the, the strongest muscle in our body being our tongue. You know, we could exercise them jaw muscles a whole lot more and smile. I, I did a, a study one time, and, and it said that it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. And so give your face a break and go ahead and smile. A hug. Well, we're in the days of COVID, Pastor. We don't hug no more. Some people need a hug, whether it's days of COVID or not. Some people just should have an embrace and just say, I love you, and I care about you, and I'm praying for you. Maybe it's something as simple as a handshake. Maybe they haven't had human contact uh, in, in so very long, and they just need somebody to reach out and let them know that they're important. Remember when we used to believe that we were the hands and we were the feet of Almighty God? Whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need. I may not have silver and gold. I, I may not have the world's treasures, but such as I have in the name of Jesus. Amen. Rise up and walk. <laughs> Just do it. Just do it. You know, we're looking for the big ta-da! The big fanfare. We're looking for the big shebang. We're, we're looking for the, 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 big, the big event, man. We're going to help people at this big event. Oh, by the way, we're doing Love Lone Grove Day again this year. We try to do that every other year so that you guys can save up stuff for garage sale. We're doing that again this year, right? But we don't have to wait for Love Lone Grove Day to help the hurting. All of these things go a long, long way towards helping somebody who's hurting. Yes, we need to evangelize. Yes, we need to fast. Yes, we need to pray. Yes, we need to study God's Word. But when we'll begin to just do the Word of God and help somebody who's in need, help somebody who's truly hurting, listen, I believe it brings pleasure unto God when He sees one of His own become His hands and become His feet and help somebody else who's in need. Just do it. Julie, would you... Come bail your pastor out. I'm sure trademark has already got me. 
I removed the swoosh from the thing so they couldn't say, you know, I, I trademarked that. The fact of the matter is Nike didn't have the, the rights or the trademark upon that. Why? Because God came up with that idea a long time ago. Amen. He spoke through James and said, don't just be a hearer of the word, be a doer of the word. And then he pointed out things in the word for us to just do. Just do it. Just get the filth out of your life. You know, if there's anything that's drawing you towards defilement, and you know what that is. Come on, you, you don't have to go, well, I don't know if it's bad or not. I don't, I don't know if it's something I ought to be doing or not. Could you do it right here? Could you stand in front of your brothers and sisters in Christ and read some of the things you read? Could you stand in front of your brothers and sisters in Christ and, and look at some of the things you look at on the internet? Could you stand in front of your brothers and sisters in Christ and consume some of the things you're consuming? If the answer to that is no, then it's probably a defilement. It's probably a thing that's drawing you away from God instead of drawing you to God. Just do it. Just get rid of the filth. Oh, pastor, you make it sound so simple. It is. The Bible says if we'll believe in our heart and confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and Him raised from the dead, we can be clean. Amen. Clean. Just do it. Control your mouth. <laughs> mama said, boy, David, your mama ever tell you, boy, you better watch your mouth. Boy, you better watch your mouth. I'll wash it out with soap. Anybody ever had a bar of Irish spring stuck deep in your mouth? Come on, ivory. We, we're pretty demented here. In the, whatever the cheapest soap was, absolutely. And the cheaper the soap, the worse it tasted. You say a bad word, you're getting a bar of soap stuck in your mouth. Boy, you better watch your mouth. Can I encourage you tonight as your pastor to watch your mouth? And the words that we speak, husbands and wives, wives, watch the way you talk to your husbands. Husbands, watch the way you talk to your wives. Uh, and, and watch the way you talk to your children. Man, they need to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is a safe zone for them. There is a place where they're protected. There is a place where they're loved unconditionally. There is a place where they know mom and dad's got my back and mom and dad's not going to talk me down. They're going to build me up. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth with your brothers and your sisters in Christ. This is your family. We're all we got. And there's lots of times I'll look at Vonda and I'll say, we're all we got. And, and as far as flesh and blood, family, uh, under the eyes of Almighty God, we are all we've got. Our kids are run off. They're, they're doing their own adulting thing, right? But the fact of the matter is, we're all we got too. We're all family. We're all we got. We're going to heaven together. So we ought to remember the words that come out of our mouth and the way we talk to one another and about one another. Watch your mouth. Just do it. <laughs> Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Pray with me tonight. Father, Father, I love you. And I thank you for the encouragement of your word. The call from your word to just, just to do your work. Lord, if we could ever get back to just some nuts and bolts of Christianity. We, we've tried to, 
make it too difficult sometimes, I think, Lord. I think we throw the baby out with the bathwater because of how smart we try to be. Lord, if we would just do your word, not overcomplicate, but Lord, yeah, even simplify. Lord, how much better could our lives be? Lord, help us to be just doers of your word. Lord, we want to help the hurting. Lord, we want to control our mouth. Lord, we want to be cleansed from your flow of grace. Have your way, Lord, right now. Every home, God, every family. Lord, help us. Just do it. Please, with heads bowed and eyes closed. I wonder if maybe someone's here tonight that, that might not know Jesus as Savior. Maybe you're yet to enter into that relationship. Pastor, it's Sunday night and it's just all home, folks. Why do you give an altar call? Because the Lord said to. Every service should be an opportunity. Every time, people should know. You need the assurance to know, my pastor is always going to give an altar call so I can bring my lost loved one and there will be a chance for them to get saved. So every time, no matter if it's just home folks or whether there's a room full of people we've never seen before, doesn't matter. The whole purpose in coming is to lead people to Christ. That's the reason why I ask you tonight if you're here and you need Jesus to save you. Would you lift your hand so I can pray with you? Anywhere in this room, Pastor Gary, that's me. And I need Jesus and I need him right now. Anyone at all? Let me give this altar call, church family. My brothers and my sisters, people I love, I care about. If you want to just do it, if you want to just do the Word, if you want to just, just put in the work that it's going to take. You know all those athletes and, and that, that man that I was talking about who ran with the, the one prosthetic leg and the one uh, natural leg? He had to put in work and time and training to get to that place to run in that race. It's going to take some effort on our part. It's going to take some work. It's going to take some discipline to just do the Word of God. And so if you're here tonight and you'd say, Man, Pastor, I want to just do the Word. I'd ask you to stand with me tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Can I challenge you in something tonight? Dig into the Word. Read the Word. You can't do something you don't know nothing about. We need the Word of God to become our, our thought process. Our, our mindset. And, and the words and our actions and our reactions that flow out of us, instead of being our anger, our temper, and our own words, may the Word of God be what flows out of us.
become more like Him. Just do it. And the only way we're ever going to just do it and become more like Him is by spending time with Him. So I invite you to an altar, as I always do. Would you come tonight and find you a place or make one where you're at? But please, please don't leave until you spend time with the Lord. God bless you as you pray. When the music fades And all is stripped away And I simply come Longing just to breathe Something that's of worth That will bless your heart I'll bring you more than for a song in itself, it's not what you have required. You search much deeper within, through the way things are you're looking into my And it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made. And it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. King of this worth no one could express how much you deserve though I'm weak and poor all I have is yours every single breath time You search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart And I'm coming back to the heart of worship And it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry for the things I've made When it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm coming back to the heart of worship And it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus.
king of endless worth no one could express how much you deserve though I'm weak and poor all I have is yours every single breath I bring you more than a song for a song in itself it's not what you have required you search much deeper within through the way things appear you're looking into my It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. When it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I made. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. about him isn't it when we try to make it something else and about something else it'll fail but when we make it all about him it all works we can just do it we can just do what he's called us to do and be who he's called us to be we can just do the word of God and all the rest of it will work itself out father I love you tonight I thank you for every set of ears Lord God every heart in this room. Lord, I thank you for those who are at home tonight. I pray a special blessing upon them. Father, I'm asking you to walk with us all throughout this week. I pray, God, that you guard over us, establish that hedge of protection, and and Lord, bless them and use them for the glory of your kingdom. Remind us, God, when we're in that moment and we have the opportunity, Lord, remind us to just do your word. I love you and I praise you. And I ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. God bless you.